welcome, Stephen. Um, Thanks. And we're just waiting for a few of the people to arrive. Um, and we're and you're, wh where are you right now? Uh, I'm in our office uh, in uh, Princeton, New Jersey. Cool. And I'm here at the Media Lab, and uh, we're doing yet another test of Facebook Live. Um, and I guess we have people have shown up pretty quickly. So, hey, so Steve, maybe you can describe yeah. first of all a little bit of about wh who you are, where, where you come from, and what what RWJF does. Sure. Um, so, uh, Steve Downs, uh, I am, uh, my, my title these days is Chief Technology and Strategy Officer uh, at the Robert Wood Johnson Foundation. Um, Robert Wood Johnson uh, is uh, you know, a large philanthropy uh, based here in the U.S. Um, we're one of those uh, foundations that has an endowment. Um, and then and our deal is that uh, we have to spend or give away 5% uh, of that. Uh, every year, uh, and in our case, that's sort of on the order of uh, four to five hundred million dollars uh, a year. Our our mission is uh, to improve health and healthcare for all Americans, um, and uh, we are fundamentally uh, U.S. based. The way we approach that is is, um, uh, is sort of less charitable giving in the sense of uh, a lot of need out there and, and trying to meet it, and more uh, going after really big systemic change. Uh, around our, our health system um, and healthcare, the way we've been uh, approaching it the last few years, and really kind of focusing our work is around a vision that we call uh, a culture of health. Um, and on one level, a culture of health is, is sort of a vision of a future, right? It's a vision where everyone has a chance and the opportunity to lead the healthiest li life they can. Um, it's a vision where the making the healthy choice uh, is actually the easy choice. Um, and also a vision where uh, the healthcare system is optimized to produce health, uh, which is not quite what it's optimized to do uh, these days. The other thing that I think is really important about it, uh, and, and really the emphasis on culture, is the idea that it's uh, a shared value, you know, that health uh, is a core value in the U.S., um, and that we see that value expressed in a number of places. Uh, we see it expressed in the, in the public policies uh, we create and put out. Um, we see it expressed in practices, uh, whether that's uh, institutional practices, uh, practices in different professions, uh, and our own personal practices. Um, uh, and we also see it in the products, uh, the products that, the, that are made, that are sold, um, and that we all choose to buy. Um, and I think one of the interesting things of, about this is, um, and sort of the challenge of building culture health, is actually starts with really thinking about what we mean by health and, and, and particularly what contributes to health. So, so when you said it's a, it's a shared value, are, are you saying that it should be a shared value or are you, it, do, you, do, we, do you think it, it, it is a shared value? I think we have some, uh, a ways to go there. I, I, think mm -hmm. a I think people fundamentally believe and, and, and treasure uh, their own health. Uh, I think where we have seen less is if you look at maybe just the way we, we uh, whether it's products, whether it's policies, whether it's practices, uh, it's not expressed, uh, let's say, as fully uh, as it could be. Um, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so I think that's uh, a part what I'm getting at. The other thing that I would say is that, uh, and I think it's very important, is that uh, it's not just about my health or, or about your health, but mm -hmm. uh, when we value health, we value health of all of us mm -hmm. uh, together. Uh, and, the and, and I'm going to play the slightly cynical um, uh, devil's advocate here, but I mean, it, it feels right. like a lot of our health problems come from 
sort of commercial interests that uh, whether you're talking about the medical system or you're talking about, you know, uh, you know, food and beverage companies that really aren't necessarily incentivized financially to make you healthier. They're incentivized to make you consume more of whatever it is that they're selling. And in fact, probably our mobility, like our cars and stuff like that. Right. So, so, you know, as a foundation that has a lot of money, but a limited amount of money, um, what, what's, what's, what are your, how do you, how do you expect to, um, change? I mean, first of all, there's probably the behavior of the consumer, but there's also the behavior of these entities that are sort of pushing up against what, what you're trying to deliver. Yeah. So uh, it's not easy to be sure. And I think, I think the, um, uh, but we, we do see change over time, and I think I think part of it is uh, being able to sort of tap into that value that I think a lot of people personally have. Um, mm-hmm. And so, uh, for example, one of the things uh, we supported a study a few years ago that looked at um, uh, restaurant chains um, and sort of compared the financial performance over several years um, of those change uh, of those restaurant change chains that had introduced uh, sort of healthier meal options. Uh, into the mix versus mm-hmm. those that had done less of that, and actually, actually found that their financial performance was better. Hmm. Um, uh, so I, I think there are things like that. I think in the healthcare system, um, there's an increasing recognition, uh, in this case, in a lot of cases, from policymakers that mm-hmm. uh, we're not getting great value out of the healthcare system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of the things that I, and I think I actually sent you a, a chart on that is if you look at, at sort of how much we're paying for how much life expectancy we're getting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's disturbingly out of whack, right? J- Jimmy, do you have the chart for the? Uh, it's the. Is it a graph? Yeah, yeah okay. it's a graph of, of life expectancy. Yeah, there it is. It, yeah. So so this is a graph comes from from uh, from Max Roser, um, but it's looking at life expectancy by per capita healthcare expenditure. I think I think the uh, the bottom axis got cut off. Um, uh, by country, and you can kind of see the dots uh, there. And way, 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 way out on the right-hand side is the U.S. Mm-hmm. Uh, spending over nine thousand dollars a person. Um, uh, and we're actually not. You know, I think we rank about thirtieth in life expectancy. Mm-hmm. So, uh, not getting enough value. Um, and I think there's a recognition that part of it is about we're paying for treatment. Yeah. Uh, primarily, we're not paying for health. So there are have been policy changes. Uh, that are starting to move the healthcare system in that direction, um, mm-hmm. being more accountable for, for the overall health of their patients. But, um, but I, I still kind of get back to incentives, right? Because with the current insurance provider system and the way that hospitals get reimbursed, you know, procedures obviously get I probably have, there's a finance, I mean, you're fighting against a financial f- feedback system that's been created over the years. And, um, Obviously, if, if people change their behavior, I mean, one of the things actually I worked on an early, uh, the EV1, which was the battery for the electric vehicle. And I remember fighting against policymakers and fighting against um, the uh, uh, local dealerships who thought that they would make less money because they had less parts to change and not being able to get the legislation to pass. But then once, you know, these Japanese car companies released electric vehicles and hybrids and all the people started buying them. Suddenly, everybody was like, "Oh, well, that's fine." So, yeah. so one of my my little experience was that that you know, getting people to want it is actually much easier than fiddling with incentives and fiddling with um, uh, you know, trying to get these big entities to change. And I think is that sort of what you mean by culture change as well? Well, I, I think that that's a key, and I think that gets into sort of um, uh, part of what I wanted to talk with you about, which mm-hmm. is I, 
the idea that um, if you can start to change things in the environment um, and actually build things that, that reshape uh, everyday life uh, in a healthier direction, um, that's a, a probably much more powerful than um, you know sending lots of messages telling people that they're supposed to behave this way or behave that way, mm-hmm. uh, or uh, or in some cases getting policymakers to change uh, mm-hmm. change uh, sort of deep set uh, rules and regulations. And and you know and then and then you know it's interesting because there's a couple different groups of people. I think there's those that have already decided that they want to be healthy and now are wearing Fitbits and doing all kinds of things, and there are those who really don't care and you know and 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 it's interesting because i feel like there's also in the wellness space um we often sort of sort of disparagingly call it the mcwellness business because again it gets back to the minute it turns into a business people try to make money on it and start to take their eye off the ball in terms of you know the the some of the core values and i don't know what you think about a lot of these uh technologies coming out um for uh um, you know, people who have sort of decided they wanted to be healthy. Yeah. So uh, a, f- a few thoughts on that. First of all, I think it's great, right? Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think it's fantastic that, you, you know, you've got a company like Fitbit that is dedicated to helping people um, make positive change uh, in their lives and, and, and to get healthier. Um, and it's amazing technology. You know, it's, uh, it's great that Fitbit's doing it. It's great, you know, to see how they've in many ways um, sort of brought a whole industry uh, along with them. If you think about sort of the mm-hmm. influence that on things like Apple Watch. Um, uh, there is uh, there are a couple of, of, of critiques. One is, is unfortunately for the time being, it's probably more aimed at, at people who need it less. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but I think the, the bigger thing for me uh, is that I'd like to see even more ambition. Um, and, I, and what I mean by this is that if you think about what a Fitbit is, um, mm-hmm. basically telling you that at the end of the day, you didn't get enough steps. <laughs> mm-hmm. That whatever your daily routine is, whatever life as you know it, it has been engineered in a way that that is sort of giving you insufficient uh, activity, um, and it's sort of suggesting that maybe you hack a little bit more into that. Um, you know, go for a walk, uh, go for a run. Um, sort of in a in a true culture of health, you wouldn't need a Fitbit uh, because your just normal day going about your business um, <laughs> is going to be much more active. Um, and and so what I'm really interested in is thinking about. How do you use technologies to, to re-engineer, reimagine a lot of, of what, I, what I call the patterns of everyday living? Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's things about uh, sort of uh, where we live and what we eat and how we eat and mm-hmm. how we move about the day, uh, how we entertain ourselves. Yeah, and, and you know, it's... Um... And, and to me, I, I keep going back to culture change because I feel like you, like you said, I mean, I think there's a category of people who probably don't need a lot of these gadgets who are generally already pretty healthy. And then there are people who, um, who aren't healthy and don't seem to care. Um, and, you know, one question is, you know, how much of the health problem is whether you want to be healthy or not versus, you know, and, and I guess the answer isn't black or white or, or, yeah. or are the tools available? Is our environment set up in the right way? Um, because I mean, I, Jimmy, can you put up the heart attack grill thing? Because I, I like one of the things. This is a, a slide that, uh, that uh, a picture that uh, uh, Kevin Slave and one of our faculty members 
use at the Rethink Food conference, where there were a lot of scientists talking about how important it was to label food um, to get people to eat healthier. And then he would show this slide, which is the heart attack grill in Las Vegas. And I think the triple by the quadruple bypass burger, I think, is over 8,000 calories. And if you're more than 350 pounds, I think you eat for free. And you, you know, you, the, 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 the waitresses are dressed in lab coats and, and, and you get wheeled into, in, like in a, in a, in a hospital gown. And people literally have heart attacks there. So clearly these people know what they're getting into. And people yeah. in the restroom have had heart attacks. So it's not an information problem, at least for these people, right? So, so the question is, I mean, are, do we kind of just um, uh, ignore these people or, or you know, I mean, I guess in a lot of America is kind of about this, like the whole sort of in-out burger. I mean, that's a kind of, and it's sort of a little bit punk rock, right? It's kind of like, uh, you know, sort of screw you in your health, you know, and yeah. And I don't know how you, how do you talk to these people? Um, you know, I think people, to the degree that people say, this is exciting to me. I am really happy. I'm going to grab, grab some friends uh, and go uh, and go overdose on burgers tonight. Um, you know, you, you don't want it seven days a week. <laughs> yeah. Probably not three days a week. Um, uh, you know, I, I don't have anything against, um, you know, sort of uh, indulging in things that make you happy. I, I think that, um, what what I'm more concerned with is that um, I think there's some fundamental patterns in how we live that have been shaped over the last you know 50 hundred years, um, largely by technology, um, uh, for better or for worse, uh, and they have sort of led us to lifestyles that are starting to have consequences um, uh, at, at a population level. Um, so that, so that's kind of where I'm. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. So, so give me some examples of interventions or ideas that you guys have funded or that like that you think are, are it maybe even stuff that you haven't funded that you think are good examples of what, what you're talking about. Yeah. Well, and so, so this is part of, part of why we're connected with you these days, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, and, and, and the stuff that's going on at the lab. But I, I think what, I, what I'm interested in uh, is things that, that get at those, those day-to-day patterns. So, and, and things that, that make, uh, doing the healthy thing a little bit easier. Um, so one of the things I, 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 I like is uh, electric bikes. Um, so, you know, if you think about it, you take something, you know, like riding a bike, which for some people they're saying, yeah, that's a little too much. You know, um, I don't really want to commute on a bike. There's a hill in between here and the office. Um, uh, but you throw a little bit of power on there um, and it actually makes it much more feasible. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think there are things like, uh, well, Pokemon Go is interesting, right? Mm-hmm. Um, not not that that's the answer to everything, um, but uh, you know we've sort of settled into a cultural pattern over a long time that um, that sort of says entertainment is very sedentary. Entertainment is about sitting on a couch watching a screen, um, you know, and that that's been sort of burned into our uh, in, into our patterns. Mm-hmm. Um, Pokemon Go said, hey, you can actually have a lot of fun uh, and 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 do something that's sort of a digital entertainment. Mm-hmm. Um, but also get out uh, and move around uh, and socialize. So I think that was pretty cool. Um, uh, another thing, um, you know, and it's sort of early in this space, but, uh, you know, a company like Blue Apron that does uh, kind of uh, prepared meals for you or, or almost prepared meals mm-hmm. uh, where they, they've got all the ingredients uh, shipped to you uh, in, in just the right uh, portions and, and you're really left with the, the sort of the final assembly. Uh, of your dinner. Again, it's something that takes uh, eating healthy, which can mm-hmm. be a lot of work, mm-hmm. um, and makes it a little more accessible. Now, 
granted, it's it's not accessible for a lot of people because of financial reasons right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's early, uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's the right direction. Yeah, and I guess that's one of the 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 the, the really sort of sad things is that being healthy is so expensive, you know, and yep. sort of culturally also, you know, when you, um, the, the, the culture of being healthy is, tends to, I think, be more among the affluent, you know, and so, so that, you know, do you, have you seen any hacks or any, um, progress in trying to alleviate that, uh, divide? You know, I, it's, it's a lot of, 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 what we try to work on. And, and I think that the, the biggest challenge is, um, you know, and, and you sort of put your finger on it, is that uh, when you're limited in resources, when you're in a neighborhood that's limited in resources, um, it's much, much harder. Um, and, and, and we see this in, in the sort of remarkable and, and you'd even say unconscionable disparities um, in health across populations and, and by socioeconomic circumstances. Um, you know, I think there's been a fair amount in the last few years around things like uh, trying to eliminate food deserts and, and sort of bringing mm-hmm. healthy food uh, in. Um, but that's one of those uh, probably necessary but not sufficient uh, mm-hmm. kind of interventions. Um, you know, I think there are there are programs getting kid, uh, that work through schools um, that I think do a lot. Um, you know, I think stuff that's gone, gone on with school lunch uh, has been uh, has been really important. Um, but uh, it's a it's a tough slog. Mm-hmm. But I, I suppose you know. I mean, f- for me, w- one of the, the the big dreams that I have is um, through music and popular culture. You know, whether we're talking about um, thinking about climate change and, and waste or health. You know, I think that a lot of uh, you know people and kids are are um, influenced by you know. Music. I mean, if you go back to sort of the No Future Generation in punk rock or or the Beatles, I mean, they were able to change the behavior of of, of you know, yeah. generations of people and across classes. And so, you know, I feel like one of the things that we're missing a little bit. I mean, and, and you do see some, um, um, uh, uh, you know, uh, Hollywood talent talking about this stuff, but they're they don't they're not nearly as engaged. And I think if you think about, for instance, the the '60s and the hippie movement, you know, and you know we make fun of them with you know granola and stuff like that. But it was it was a fundamentally different view of the earth and the environment and health, and and you know and you know it had its it had its issues, but um, but it was I think it was an interesting sort of behavior change across a generation. I wonder if there's some way to. Uh, it's hard to engineer that because a lot of this stuff is emergent, but it seems like that would be another thing that we should um, think about. It is, but I, but I, I think, um, I mean, I like that. And I, and I think what uh, is interesting is, is to think about it also maybe in conjunction with some other movements. You know? so, so some of the stuff that's going on around, around climate change and transportation mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, can, be, can be leveraged uh, to improve health. Um, uh, but I think, I think part of it may actually be around uh, consciously making that connection. Uh, so if you think about uh, sort of the future of, of transportation, um, which is, is really up in the air right now uh, because of some of the, the great tech that's going on, mm-hmm. um, what, what the interesting challenge will be uh, is, is to think about very consciously the values that should guide that mm-hmm. um, as we sort of rethink, let's say, city infrastructure mm-hmm. uh, to deal with um, some of the new opportunities. To say, again, what, what are we optimizing for? Um, you know, one, one of one of your colleagues at the lab, Roz Picard. You know, mm-hmm. we've done a lot of work uh, with her on this, and, and, and one of the things she likes to say is engineers are really good 
at designing solutions uh, mm -hmm. optimized around the things you tell them to optimize. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, you want stickiness and engagement, you get it. Uh, yeah. You want health, you, you know, you may get that too. If that's a very clear and conscious mm -hmm. uh, value. Well, well and, and this was this is also kind of a, a, a Kevin Slavenism, but but I, I recently gave a talk at, in Marrakesh at a climate conference, and, and one of one of the things that um, it's a wonderful uh, 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 system dynamics person, Donella Meadow, who talks yeah. about interventions in a system. And, and, you know, she talks about these sort of hierarchies of where you intervene. And there's a great example. Um, you know the game Monopoly. Um, so it was invented in the early 1900s, like 1903 or 5 or something like that. And the original game was designed by the Georgians, who were sort of like precursors, I guess, to the, or kind of like the communists. But they were sort of explaining how sort of land ownership and rent would uh, cause poverty, and it was to teach kids how awful capitalism was. And then Parker Brothers takes the game, and they don't change the rules, really. They just change the goal from teaching kids to about the risks of capitalism to becoming a capitalist and eliminating your friends. And, and, and what's interesting is that the rules didn't change, the goals just did. And sort of tying back to what you were talking about with Roz, as long as the goals of our society are to create organizations that eliminate our eliminate the competition and steal all the free energy which is kind of the, the goal of a company um, then you're always going to have things just trying to accumulate more and more and more and growth for the sake of growth but and this is where I think climate change and health are very similar because the first principles of the paradigm of a good uh, ecosystem and health are more than enough is too much you know um, you know, and, and this kind of this idea of being, of flourishing with an appropriate amount of stuff, right? And and I feel like, in some ways, some of the dynamics that we're seeing with kids not wanting to buy cars and 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 other things, um, you're, I think you're starting to see a little bit of a shift. But still, I mean, I think fundamentally, uh, a lot of our our society is still based on this idea of trying to accumulate as much stuff as you can and design things to be as efficient as they can. And um, and I, I think that that's uh, um, that's something that 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 both climate and, and the ecology and and the health thing share. I, yeah, I, I I see that, uh, and I, and I think I think um, you know, I mean, one of the things I love about Danella. Uh, Daniel Meadows' work is, is that sort of hierarchy of, of, of places to intervene and, and, and changing the goals of the system is, is obviously a, a, a big one. Um, you know, and I, and I think one of the things to think about is sort of what are the spheres in which that conversation uh, mm -hmm. can happen? You know, yeah. is it at a city level where they're saying, okay, we need to rethink transportation, so what should the goals of, mm -hmm. of that rethink uh, be? Um, is it at a company level where, mm -hmm. where a founder is saying, you know what, this is what we stand for, this is what we want to do? Um, and this is what we want to build for, because um, uh, I, th I think there. I think one of the things that that could happen um, uh, is as people embrace uh, health as a, as a core value, and they start consciously embedding that in the products, and thinking, mm -hmm. you know, uh, what is this going to do? How, what, what behavior is this going to elicit? Um, mm -hmm. How do I feel about that uh, behavior? Uh, I think that's part of it, and I think then the other part um, is again about what what. Um, what hills do we want to climb? You know, so mm -hmm. what, what products you want to build for what purpose? Um, and I think there's a lot of exciting opportunity to, to reinvent, uh, again, not health mm -hmm. so much, just mm -hmm. sort of day-to-day -day life. Yeah. 
Yeah, there's a, there's a comment from Malia Brown about you know you see what kids eat at school these days, and and it, it reminds me there's a the two presidents ago of McDonald's Japan um, he was kind of famous for saying this, and I heard him say it where he says he hated McDonald's hamburgers, and he found that kids if they ate hamburgers while they were in junior high or below that they would become addicted to hamburgers, and so his whole marketing strategy was how could he get kids to start eating McDonald's hamburgers before they were like 13, you know, and, and it's this really interesting thing. I think your comfort food and a lot of your habits happen when you're kind of yeah. junior high and below, and so I think you can do a lot of things like you were mentioning, you know, in the workplace to try to make us healthier, but I think a lot of our sort of fundamental values, um, or at least our habits and our tastes, happen when we're kids, right? And I think that, Absolutely. you know, I mean, is that, a, is that an area that you guys uh, work yeah, in? Yeah, more, more and more. So, so, so for the last 10 years, we've been working on childhood obesity. Um, and, uh, you know, just uh, I think it's such a crucial issue because obviously, um, uh, you know, people grow. If you, if you are obese as a child, you have such a, a huge chance of being obese as, as an adult. Um, but I think more and more we're getting into earlier and earlier ages. Um, I think we've sort of started thinking, well, it's really focused on the school age children. Um, mm -hmm. But increasingly, we're starting to look at um, what can we do uh, around the early exposures of uh, whether it's food and, and, and a whole lot of things around social and emotional learning um, at very young ages. Um, but even looking at things like the daycare and environment um, and what, what parents are doing um, uh, at those ages. Interesting. Um, and I mean, you know, we're, we're working with you now at, at the Media Lab. And I remember, I think you have to remind me of exactly how we said it, but I think we said trying to uh, make the Media Lab more uh, health aware uh, and making, the, making more technology about health and then us ourselves becoming healthier. And I thought that was a really great way of framing it because I feel like the other part of this that's really important is um, we, we're calling it participant design, but sort of like trying to first sort of tr working with your own system, trying to figure out and making sure that the people working on it are thinking about the culture and the context as well. Um, I don't know how, 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 how you, how you found this and how, how you think, I mean, I, I guess we're an academic institution, so we can sort of do that, but do you see companies and, and other people um, actually being able to do that, um, becoming healthier and thinking healthier and also building stuff that makes people healthier. Uh, so it's an interesting progression, and and uh, you know, I, it sort of came to me when 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 we started the relationship with you. What was exciting was when I, I first met you. You said, "Hey, I'd like to do something around health, but I don't want to just have one lab in the corner that does health. Um, I want to think of something cross cutting." And, and that that really resonated because we were we were sort of early in our vision around a culture of health. Um, and, and sort of my, my hope was that, uh, you know, the, the Media Lab community would be developing uh, sort of the, the technologies of everyday life with health sort of embedded in uh, kind of in the fabric. Um, and, then, uh, and then you got Roz and, uh, and Kevin Slavin uh, involved and Patty Moss joined as well. And, and the kind of the change process that they had in mind was they said, if you want to change what you, we build, uh, you got to change what we think, and if you want to change what we think, you got to change what we do, uh, and that's mm -hmm. where the emphasis then on what are our own health practices uh, in the community, um, mm -hmm. uh, because it was sort of again, and it changed the day-to-day -day experience, and that'll change the way that mm -hmm. people think about health. It, um, it, it is interesting because I notice um, that there's this uh, sort of general awareness, and it, it, it takes a while because you know 
to be honest, student life is not a healthy thing, you know, and, and, you know, like I I have a class, an awareness class where I force everybody to sleep seven hours and uh, meditate at least a few minutes a day and keep a diary. And the seven hours of sleep, just trying it for a semester is often life changing for a huge number of people. And then they get addicted to it because they realize they're more productive. But, but like we, we, I, I saw that facilities is now the fruits free in the kitchen as <laughs> everything else you have to pay for. And, and, and it's, it's interesting to see kind of how, you know, the, the lab is slowly starting to, uh, uh, think about hacking health as a cool thing rather than yeah. kind of this, um, macho ramen and pizza is uh, is what real hackers eat, kind of thing, you know. Well, and again, I think it, it speaks to the notion of it's hard to um, uh, to express that value in, in your work uh, if you're if you're not living it. Um, mm-hmm. You'd asked about companies, and, and 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 I'm not sure how this this is going to play out over the time, but uh, I, I know Google had a um, uh, a vision that they wanted to add two years of life expectancy uh, uh, to everybody who, who works at Google. They're hmm. saying, what if working at Google, you know, would, would add that uh, to you? And so they did a lot of things um, sort of in, in their kind of, uh, what do they call it, people operations mm-hmm. uh, to make the environment healthier. Um, you know, I have to think about how well that's being expressed in the products. Yep. Um, but uh, it's certainly in the environment. Yeah, definitely their uh, employee uh, uh, um, system has gotten much healthier. I remember when I was uh, uh, on the board of the Mozilla Foundation, we used to get kind of the leftovers of their food <laughs> supply chain. And the, and, the, and the content of the food really changed over time. And, and, and now they're... they're their cafeterias. I mean, so I, definitely there is a consciousness, and I think every, all the people who work there seem to be really happy that there's this consciousness. So, so I think that's, that 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 there there is a progression, and so you know, I think it'll be interesting to see whether it's going to be kind of incremental change over time, or whether there can be some of these big flips. Um, I mean, like one of them, and I think it, it's you know so often the you know, elephant in the room is is. Uh, you know, vegetables versus meat, right? Because that's that's both a climate issue and at some level a health issue. You know, and um, you know, and obviously this the strict one, which I you know I was a very hardcore vegan for a few years. I, I I'm a little bit more promiscuous now, but but it, but that was actually those are my healthiest years. You know, and I and I feel like um, you know some of these decisions are are get into some really um, uh, deep cultural things, but um, but are but are interesting to think about. I, I don't I. I don't, I don't well, I'm not asking you to take a position on veganism but 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 it's yeah. um, but it would be it'd be curious to sort of in addition to the sort of hard technologies um you know a lot of the work that we do here at the media lab is is look at things like social media and trends and things like that to sort of see and track how how the conversation um um around these sorts of uh, you know fundamental lifestyle changes are, are, are happening. Yeah, and, and actually that's one of the, we, we do have a project uh, with Ethan's group, uh, Ethan Zuckerman's group uh, uh, media, uh, around measuring some of the conversation around health. Um, and, uh, we haven't, we haven't gone, uh, we've gone deep on a couple of terms yet, but not, not necessarily the broad uh, lifestyle, uh, the broad lifestyle questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think you're really onto something with the, um, uh, the notion of, of kind of making it cool, uh, and 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 to your point, you know, though, as you say, these were your healthiest times. Mm-hmm. Uh, you actually felt productive and you felt good, um, and and I think to the degree that you're getting more people who are who are building products, you know, who are who are you know the, the people that are building the tech of tomorrow, 
mm-hmm. uh, are experiencing. Uh, sorry about that. It's okay. Um, uh, are experiencing uh, health in their own lives. And feeling mm-hmm. like, yeah, I actually am feeling great and I'm feeling fit and I'm feeling productive. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, it, it's not like health is just something to be valued in and of itself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, health is about letting you live, mm-hmm. uh, and live, live to the fullest, uh, to be able to enjoy your work, to be able to enjoy your family and friends. Um, uh, and so the hope is that as, as, as more people um, who are, in fact, culturally influential through the products they make mm-hmm. um, are experiencing that. Um, they're going to want uh, they're going to want products that, that reinforce that. Um, at least I hope. At least so. Well, <laughs> excuse me. And and I do think that the 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 fact that it feels like the healthcare system is leaving just the hospital, where going to the doctor's office was really the only little snapshot that you had of of your, your, your system to now having sensors, you know, we, we sort of talked about Fitbit, but more broadly being able to, you know, um, uh, be, you know, get diagnostics, talk to physicians, talk to experts and, and, you know, monitor yourself at some level so that your whole day has something to do with getting some feedback on, on, on health. I mean, it, it's a, you know, it, it's sort of the, the reverse of what you just said uh, about the Fitbit in that if we could, I think if you could create the feedback system um, that actually is, uh, 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 you know, um, uh, in real time, because I think your point was you, at the end of the day, you look at your Fitbit and it says, okay, you didn't do very well. But I think that it would be interesting to think about how we change interfaces uh, to the health system so that um, you're sort of more aware as things are happening. Um, because, because I think, I think that's the, one of the problems is, is people don't think about health except for just before they go to the doctor's office, or they, that used to be the way. Yeah. Um, so I, I think, I think there's, there's some value there, and, and I think that um, uh, Patty Brennan, who, who's a grantee of ours I worked with mm-hmm. for many years, who's now the director of the National Library of Medicine, uh, talks a lot about the care between the care. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's a there's sort of a basic thing with our healthcare system is that it was sort of fundamentally designed uh, to be an acute care system. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, where people come in with uh, with let's say an infectious disease or a heart attack or something, um, and 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 they patch us up. Um, whereas the big issues in in in, in, in the U.S. are chronic disease, um, mm-hmm. which you don't manage on an acute basis. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as Patty said, it's the care between the care that matters. Uh, coming in uh, for a visit every three or six months uh, to manage a really comp- you know maybe maybe multiple complex conditions uh, you know it's not the doctor who's fixing you yeah uh, and so to be able to have a more continuous um, sort of care team engagement feedback loop uh, mm-hmm. makes a whole lot of sense um, you know I we, we've been big supporters of, of quantified self uh, mm-hmm. and that and that whole movement, and, and, and I'm, I'm a fan. Uh, it's funny, I, I often kind of get in conversations about whether quantified self is a, is a skill or a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and you know, personally, I, I, I don't want you know, all sorts of digital feedback about my, my health habits. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I would rather just do my best to be healthy. Yeah. Uh, but if there's, a, if there's an issue, right? yep. if there's something that I'm saying, God, I'm feeling a lot less energetic these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to have the skill to kind of dive in and, and make mm-hmm. sense of that, um, yeah. and be able to gather the data do, uh, and figure out what's going on. I, I, I guess I guess for me, it's I think you're right. I guess it's not just the, the sensors. I think it's the feeling that you are in control of your own 
mm. knowledge. Like, like for me, you know, in Japan, I, 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 I had a shoulder problem. So I, I was unable to do a bunch of the kinds of exercises that I like to do, like swimming was my thing at the time. And I went to a, a, a doctor and he said, eh, hey, you'll live. He says, you know, and basically he was only interested in doing surgery and he was like, you'll be fine. You'll live, you know, whereas now in, in the U.S. there are PTs that will help you work through it and figure it out and get you back on track, you know, and, and I feel like there, there are subtle little other things where, you know, you, you may be, you know, and, and I guess the sensors are, like you said, are probably more of a, a tool for certain category of people who want to monitor, you know, their glucose level or they want to monitor, figure out what sorts of food they're eating. And, and so, and, and, and again, again, I think maybe some people are more obsessed about it than others, but, but the well, feeling that, yeah. have to do it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, but you're, you're, you're right. It's probably more the culture than the technology and the, uh, the culture will probably drive, uh, uh, the, the, the integration of this stuff. Um, yeah, but I, I think, you know, uh, we talk a lot in public health about things like the built environment, um, and just what a difference that, 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 that can make. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm really lucky. I live about three and a half miles from work. Um, and, uh, I have, uh, bike lanes and paths virtually the entire distance between my home and my office. Um, and I have a, a, a fitness center with a shower at work. Mm -hmm. uh, so uh, I'm, I'm able, you know, and I'm very privileged mm -hmm. uh, to be able to have a lifestyle where, yeah, at least uh, when, when, um, when it doesn't get dark at 5 o'clock, uh, I can bike to work. Um, but that is, that is made possible, you know, uh, by a number of things that were outside of my control. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I think that's, to me, there's a big part of this that is about people making changes and, mm -hmm. and, and making responsibility. Um, and there's a big part about uh, sort of re-engineering the environment um, and the norms so that uh, those changes you want to make are very possible. Mm -hmm. um, and in fact, even, you know, in some cases, nudge you toward them. Yeah. Uh, and and, and I, suppose, I suppose that's top down at some level. But I guess from my, my electric car thing sometimes top down comes because the bottom up wants that top down right i mean i think if we if we insist on walkable cities we're more likely to get them than um if you know you're taking the escalator up to the proverbial gym <laughs> <laughs> right right well and I, again i i think i think there is that latent you know sort of un unexpressed demand uh in a lot of cases and 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 one of the things that you know that i really want people to think about is a lot of these patterns in our lives that we sort of take for granted and assume will always be there, mm -hmm. you know, sort of where warehouses are located, um, you know, how we are transported, uh, or you know, from place to place, what food, you know, is like and where you buy it and all of that, um, you know, that can change um, by by people who are audacious enough mm -hmm. uh, to do that, and and in some ways that's that's the story of the tech world, right? Mm -hmm. It's sort of people crazy enough to, to do things. I mean, I think about like what Caleb Harper's doing uh, with open ag um, and, and really the hydroponic, aeroponic uh, mm -hmm. sort of local production um, mm -hmm. of really great food. Um, you know, that's crazy, mm -hmm. right? But he, but he is doing it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and, I, and I think sort of to get more people who are saying, you know, I'm really going to transform entertainment. Mm -hmm. I'm going to make that totally different. Um, you know, we're we're uh, we're talking with uh, with Neri Oxman and, and mm -hmm. some of the work that she does in in uh, uh, in the Mediator Matter Group uh, at the lab, um, because she, you know she may reinvent what clothes are like. Mm -hmm. <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, she may change furniture. She may change walls. 
uh, in houses. Um, and, and it's that kind of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, belief that, um, you know, some of these really fundamental things that we take for granted can be changed, mm-hmm. changed by very tech folks. Mm-hmm. And, and, and to your point, I think, you know, both Caleb and Neri sort of embody the aesthetic and the sensibility of, of sort of, a. Uh, a, a healthy outlook on life as well as a, a style. And I think the, the key yeah. is how do we build that into uh, the technology? And I think, you know, the, 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 all we need to do is um, have both Caleb and me actually walk the walk and become a little healthier. <laughs> 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 um, so we're kind of ending up uh, close to the end of our time. I don't know if there's any last thing, uh, Steve, that you want to say before we sign off. Well, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear from people on this. You know, I mean, I, I uh, you know, as I, as I said earlier, um, you know, I, th- I think tech is making some some interesting contributions to health, and, and you know, things like Fitbit and Apple Watch are, are are great. But I think we can do, you know, much more and, and aim higher um, and and sort of deeper into into culture, um, deeper into into our everyday lives. Um, but I'd love, you know, uh, to hear from folks about that, um, and love to hear how how we do that. Um, uh, how we get more people excited about that. That's awesome. I'm, um, I, I'm interested as well. And I'm, I'm really glad you guys, um, exist. I mean, that you've really helped push the lab sort of in that direction and focus on it as a thing. And, uh, um, um, I'm really glad that you do what you do. Thanks, oh, Steve. Thank you. It's exciting to work with you. All right. Take care. All righty. Bye-bye. <laughs>